a lot of people have helped me along the way you know to even give me an opportunity and, and trust me with their horses to go show their horses to make it possible for me to be able to do that digital horsemanship this is finding the field i'm your host caitlin hurst Our guest on this episode is a trainer out of California, raised by an NRCHA Hall of Fame horseman. He's a husband and a father to a growing family. He's this just this year. He's the world's greatest reserve champion and magnificent seven champion at the Western State Horseman Expo. He's been a finalist at every NRCHA event, and he's the newest NRCHA million dollar rider. Philip Rawls, we're pumped to have you on. Oh, thank you. So what is something surprising that you feel has led to this moment? You were talking to me earlier about having balance in life. Talk to us about that. Um, I, I feel like um, anybody that's been in this industry uh, that has been able to have some success and um, get to a point where you are successful in the show pen. You're running a good program, a solid program. Um, we all know how hard you have to work and how much dedication you have to have and, and how much uh, time we put in day in and day out, weekends, seven days a week, you know, um, on the road, traveling a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think for me, I, I think that the uh, through all that um, – you know, I, I was raised, I was raised, um, in the industry, you know, and, and we've done every aspect of it from doing all of it to ourselves, to having employees help us along the way when I was working with my dad and, and, um, and it was definitely a family operation. And I think that was really important growing up. Um, and so I know that I definitely wanted to carry that on and, and, um, through my program and I feel like we we have very well um my wife Teresa and our two babies uh Josie and Jackson um you know are a huge part of our our program and I think that uh you know being able to spend that quality time together and travel together and go to the shows and and have my family there and not have to be away from them all the time as much as we do have to do um you know is a really good leveler uh, and, and keeping good balance, you know, all the way around. So, you know, having, having your best friend with you there when, when the moments are high, you know, you wouldn't trade it for the world. And when the moments are low, you know, I think it's even more important to, you know, have a little, have a little pick me up there, you know, when you, when you need it. So I think that that for me has been, um, you know, really, really being able to have that outlet there, um, good and bad, um, is, is really invaluable. Is there a moment in time, maybe a particular horse show where your family was there and it, and it made all the difference? Is there a story you could tell for us? Oh man, there's, um, you know, I think, you know, Teresa has been there all along the way for the last five, five years now. And, you know, we've had, uh, you know, we've definitely had, um, some, some great successes, um, you know, but I think that, uh, I think at the fraternity on, uh, on Mitch was probably the, was probably the toughest, 
probably the toughest horse show I've had. Um, just, just because that horse was so special all along. Um, and, uh, you know, we won the pre-fraternity, we go to the fraternity with some good momentum and he was an incredible horse, uh, as a three-year-old and, uh, you know, we ended up winning the prelims and we come back in the finals and we won the herd work on the rain work we're going into the fence work leading it not by much but we you know we had a little lead there going into it and um you know obviously as we know anything can happen in the fence work and um you know uh run started off great huge first first turn come out of there go for my second turn get right up in position start my second turn cow hits my horse's shoulder ducks under his neck and and pushes me down the wall you know, and, uh, you know, it went from, you know, having my, my closest opportunity to win in the fraternity being gone that fast, you know? Um, and I think that, you know, those, those are the moments right there that you, that I think you dream about pulling off, you know, but when it, when you know you're that close and it doesn't work out, you know, it's, it's, that's a rough one. So let's go to that moment, walking in for that fence run after having all of that momentum. What were you thinking? What were you feeling? Um, I was, I was really confident, you know, I, you know, obviously you have nerves, you want to, um, you know, going into that situation, um, in, in, at any show, you know, um, is, uh, you're going to have some nerves, you're going to have some butterflies, but like for me, I, I feel like for the most part, I'm, I'm able to, you know, really focus on the moment and, and, you know, try to show in the moment for what that cow is and, and really try to, um, you know, just make the best run that you can. Um, I had a lot of confidence in that horse and, and I know that he was a really good horse and I wanted it for, for him as much as I wanted it for myself, you know, um, you know, going down there, I think you're, you're just, just hoping they kick you out a cow that's going to be strong enough and usable enough that, so that you can go make a, a really solid run and then, and then let the finals unfold how they unfold, you know? Um, so, but for that, you know, that, that moment after, after my first turn, I think I, you know what I mean? I, I felt super confident, you know what I mean, that, that we had it going and, you know, it just, just didn't work out. But, um, you know, that was, uh, that was definitely a, that was definitely a tough one as far as, um, you know, as far as moments where you're like, Hey, you have that whole year. I felt like I was, you know what I mean? really, really had an opportunity and I'd had some nice horses in the past that had done well, but that was my first, that was my horse that I was like, Hey, this he's special. So, so what happened when you, that fence run didn't go the way you wanted it. The cow is always, you know, can change everything. What happened after you walked out of that pen? Um, you know, uh, I think that's the, that's the beauty of, uh, our industry as far as the cow horse, um, my group of friends there, they were all obviously still super supportive. And I mean, they, they were, they were rooting for me as much as, you know, as much as I wanted it, they, they wanted to see me do good for, for both me and that horse as well. And, um, 
you know, it was, uh, I think you're, you're walking out of there second guessing yourself and oh, I should have done this or I should have done that. But, you know, I still, I've watched the video back. I've, you know, I've been in that situation again. I probably still would have tried the same exact, you know what I mean? The same exact turn at the same time, same spot, you know? Um, so I don't feel like, you know, that, that I made an error or that my horse made an error. It was just one of those things that, you know, started to work and it didn't, you know? And so, um, that horse has been such a good horse. Oh, he was, he was great through his three-year-old year. He's good in the derbies and he's been even better in the bridle. And so, you know, at, at that moment when I walked out of there, I felt like, uh, you know, I didn't really have anything to hang my head about. I didn't feel like, you know, cause I felt like I had, you know, proved my horse like I wanted to, but I, but still in the same breath, it was like somebody jerked the rug out of you, you know, mm-hmm. out from underneath you, you know, I feel like it was definitely, uh, it lets the air out of you a little bit because you don't know if you're going to have that opportunity again, you know? And so, um, back to the grindstone and go after it again. Yeah. Well, you've had a lot of success on Mitch since then and you call them a special horse. What is it about him that makes him so special? You know, I feel like, uh, that horse has a lot of presence about him and, you know, you can, you can walk by his stall and look at him and like him, you know, and you're around him and, um, his disposition, his demeanor, he's, he's a really, uh, kind hearted, good soul. You know, he gives you a hundred percent every time. I mean, he never, he never steps in that pen and, and doesn't try for you, you know? And I think that's been the thing that, that he's been so consistent of, of giving me honest runs over and over and over. Like every time I show him, you know, and I've had some, you know, I've had some tough luck here and there and I've had some really good successes and, you know, but he just, he's, he's, he's got a pure heart, you know, he, he steps in there and, and lights up and gives you a hundred percent and you know and uh, I think that there's he enjoys his job and you know he comes to work every day when you need him and as soon as you're done he goes back and takes a nap and relaxes and you know does his thing that kindness and that try did you know he had that early on yeah I mean he he acted like he was 10 years old as a yearling um the First time I saw him as a yearling, well, the second time I saw him, I went and saw him at the um, at Dr. Watkins' uh, facility where they were fitting him before the sale and saw him there and was really, really impressed by him. Um, and uh, he just had he just had such a confident, bold look to him, and, and he was strong, and he was built well. He moved really good, and but he was so well-mannered, and, you know, they did a, they do a really nice job there fitting their horses and, and taking care of them, and they... Um, you know, so all their horses are very well, they're very good to handle and all that, but he was just for a yearling stud colt that's being fed really well and fit. And, you know, I expect him to be a little full of themselves, but, uh, he was, he was very quiet. And, um, the next, next time I saw him was at the sale and, uh, I went over there to check him out and he's laying down in his stall sleeping. (laughs) <laughs> they bring those horses in that day and sell them and then move them out that night. So, I mean, I thought he was sick. I went and got him and was like, Hey, I think there's something wrong with him. They're like, no, that's, that's how he is, you know, and he's been that way forever. I mean, if he gets a chance to relax, he does, you know? And so he's, he's just had that, uh, 
relaxed um, demeanor his his whole life. Got to keep an eye out for those ones. Yeah, absolutely. So what is your favorite thing about working with the horses? You know, I think that... Uh, I think that horses in general, they're so smart and they're so intelligent. And I mean, we constantly have so much to learn. And just about the time we think we have a way that we want to do it, you know, you run into a horse that you need to, you know, you need to rethink your program and come at it from a different direction. Um, I think to be, you know, to constantly be um, trying to find those horses that you're not, uh, um, trying to find those horses that you are going to have a relationship with and be able to show those horses for three or four or five, six years, you know, which is ultimately what I'm looking for. I'm not trying to turn my three-year-olds over every year. I want to have horses go all the way up through the whole program if I can. Um, It, uh, you got to build a rapport with them and, um, and, you have to have respect for each other and be able to, you know, communicate and work um, all the way, you know, through the whole program so that it uh, becomes something that both of you know each other, you know, inside and out. And and I think that, um, you know, it's such a challenge. It's such a mental game, you know, when you come home at the end of the day, you just want to sit down and take a deep breath and decompress because you've, if, you've really been working hard at it um you should be mentally drained you know and that's how that's how we feel at the end of most days what kind of approach how have you formatted your program so your horses have a long career um i think uh i think one of the biggest things that that i try to do with them um is uh I really try to find that happy medium of where I I don't expect those horses um, to stay razor sharp all the time. You know, um, I really try to find that that consistency and and just really working on the the fundamentals and the basics and just trying to make those as solid as I possibly can. Um, and you know, when I don't run and stop horses just to do it and I don't turn them around just to do it. And I don't run down the fence every single day just to do it. You know, I, I try to work on the pieces that they, where they need, where they need help or where we need to get in, you know, better time with each other or whatever it is and, and try to concentrate on those in smaller increments and, and maybe break, you know, one step into three steps and see if I can, you know what I mean? Get each piece of it as broke as I can. Um, which I feel like in the long run, you know, really builds that trust with that horse and knowing that, you know, when you step in there that he's going to do it, you know, because you guys have, you have practiced it, um, down to the minute detail. So you mentioned breaking things down into more steps. Can you, can you walk through that a little bit? How do you know when you need to break things down more? Um, well, that's that's part of the thinking game. Um, <laughs> I I think that uh, I feel like that most horses, um, you kind of have a series of stages that you go through where you kind of 
hope to have them at a certain level, you know, as, as you progress that horse through their two-year-old year and then into their three-year-old year. And you kind of have a time frame in your mind, um, roughly of where you would like that horse to be and, and in his program so that you don't feel like you're trying to play catch up at the last minute before the fraternities roll around the corner. And, um, so I, I feel like trying to progress your group of horses that you have at the, at the same, somewhat of the same level to where you're trying to keep them somewhat even. So you're kind of on the same wavelength. Um, you'll have horses that, you know, at, at six months, you know, and you're working the flag and you're working the cow and you're working on your, you know, your basics of your rain work and whatnot. Um, they're obviously all not going to be at the exact same spot. And, and in order to get those horses to that spot, you know, you might have to, um, you know, spend a little more time on, on a certain horse if he's struggling with, you know, his turnaround. Or um, whereas you might have a colt that has, um, is a really natural turner, you know, and you and he, he's really balanced and it's really easy for him and he can step around there that colt's going to advance a lot quicker in the turnaround than the colt that might be going through growth spurt and he's a little gangly and he's not quite as strong and you know he's going to be a late mature that horse is going to have to slow down back up and and just take baby steps for a little while until he gets until he learns how to be confident being balanced and learns how to place his feet where they need to go um, cause I don't believe that, that a lot of horses that, that might be, um, not a hundred percent natural at everything right off the bat that, that they're a cull, you know, I mean, those horses might need a little more time. They need a little more, need to be a little more patient and, and actually teach him the maneuver step by step. And so you may have to back up on that horse. And it's going to take you a lot longer to get to that same point as the colt that it all comes naturally to. But when when you have done that and you've you've taken the time and you've um, broken it down to the minute two steps at a time, getting two good steps at a time and letting him quit where the other colt can turn all the way around, um, you know, that horse is going to be broke and he's going to know how to handle his body, every piece of his body, because you've had to back up, slow down, and train every piece until you get it. Um, that doesn't mean that that horse that struggles a little bit in the in the beginning is not going to be a great horse later on. It sounds like you spend a lot of time understanding the individual needs of each horse. Yeah, I, I feel like that is extremely important. And, um, you know, I've had, I've had a quite a few horses, you know, uh, through my career that, um, that definitely took some, some thought process and, and not because they weren't athletic because they were absolute athletes, but just trying to figure out how to tap into, um, the consistency portion of it. Um, because, you know, I, I feel like, uh, being able to tailor your program to a horse, versus trying to fit you, that horse into your box of your training program, you know, you're going to have a lot, your success rate is going to go way up, you know? Um, and I feel like if you, if you see something in that horse that, that you like and, and it doesn't always work out, but you know, I, I see a lot of potential in certain horses 
And, you know, I've got to just figure out and try to be, you know, as Harold would say, be smarter than the horse, um, which is hard to do sometimes. But I think that you are, you're constantly trying to figure out, you know, what, what can I do to, to unlock that, um, that thought process to get him to want to do, you know, his job. And if I can get tapped into, if I can get tapped into that on that horse, you know, there's, there's a lot of horses that, um, probably get skipped over because they're, you know, maybe don't fit the, you know, don't fit the normal, you know, progression of people's programs. Any horses in your past that stand out in that way? Um, you know, I've had, I've had several, um, uh, I think that, um, I know one fine vintage for me, um, was definitely one of those horses. Ron Emmons, uh, trained him and showed him, uh, as a fraternity horse and a derby horse and, and, you know, had, uh, you know, had success on him and, and he was definitely a nice horse, um, you know, I think that uh, when I first started riding him and, and um, I showed him at the, I think I showed him at the World Show the first year I showed him in the Hackmore. Um, and I didn't have him very long before I showed him there. And so I kind of, I didn't really have much time to get to know him. I kind of just had to roll with it, um, you know, and the horse showed well. Um, but then when I got back, I kind of felt like I had a, a little bit of a game plan of, you know, of a direction I wanted to go. Um Mary and Brad wanted to um, show him in the bridle. And so I kind of came home and, you know, started working on uh, putting him in the bridle and see what, uh, what direction we were going to go. Um, but, uh, that horse, you know, was, is, um, an overachiever big time. I mean, he's so athletic. He had so much, you know, so much ability and, um, very cowy and had so much ability and I and I feel I felt like you know just at home you know I feel like you know if somebody was judging me on you know Tuesday I might have marked a 75 but on Wednesday I might have been a 68 and not because he was doing anything really wrong he was just trying he was just trying so hard he would he would make too big of a move or he would you know what I mean he was just trying to do way more than what he actually needed to do Mm. you know and um that horse had a, you know, high intensity level as far as, as far as his athletic ability and speed and quickness and, you know, almost where he would get himself in trouble, you know, and just get himself out of position, but he was athletic enough. Half the time he would get back where he was supposed to be. But from a judge's standpoint, you know what I mean? A miss is still a miss, you know? And so, um, that horse took a little bit of a, just a little thought process in, in, trying to figure out how to make that, that positioning and that spot that I really wanted to, you know, wanted him to learn to, um, really dial in onto that spot. Um, you know, uh, I wanted him to learn to really focus on that spot to where I could really show off his, show off his ability, you know, and, and he didn't disappoint. I mean, he did, he did very well. Um, you know, we had, we had plenty of success on him and, um, you know, and, and got a lot of checks at a lot of shows and won a few here and there and Corey won the world on him. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was, you know, I felt like that was, a um, definitely one of those things to where, 
um, it took a little while to, to kind of, you know, figure out how to get on the same playing field with him. But boy, once, once you did, I mean, you had, you had a show horse. So he's an overachiever. How did you approach getting him to that place where you wanted him to be? Um, I, I think that, uh, being able to slow a horse down that, wants to go fast and wants to, you know, wants to, um, get to position as quick as he can right there. I mean, I just made him do things just painfully slow. You know, I just slow him down. I worked him two handed a lot. I, you know, I would just get some cows that wanted to be ultra slow that were just trotting around. Um, I worked the flag on him a lot. I mean, we did, all kinds of different little things to just let him decompress and take a deep breath and let him know, you know what, this is super easy for you. You can just step through here and, and be able to do things really simply, really slowly. Um, you know, and I, I, that was kind of my, uh, initial, um, thought process, which, which I felt like, uh, you know, worked well. And then, and then also you have to do it at speed. So, you know, at those big bridal events, you know, that you're going to, you're going to box that cow, you know, a few times and let it roll, you know, because that's, that's what it's going to take to win. Um, and, uh, you know, so then being able to go fast and stay with the cow and just have him take a deep breath and relax and, and travel with that cow, um, and realize that, there's really not a cow alive that's fast enough to get away from him. I mean, cause he's as athletic as you could possibly want him to be, you know? So just letting him find that spot that where he can, where he is really confident and knows he can control a cow and, and really own that position. It, it really felt like he just kind of kept snowballing in the right direction. And until it was like, you, you felt like you could handle whatever cow you wanted. It sounds like he may be, a different personality than a horse like Mitch. Total polar opposites. So yeah. do you have to have a different mindset when you get on him and especially when you get a show? Um, yeah, uh, I think you do. Um, I, I think for, uh, like Vinny, I mean, they're there. I think I showed him for two years. Um, and they're towards the end. I mean, I, I finally figured out that, you know, um, you know, the, the best thing I could do on Vinny is, uh, I'd lope him around there and I did not school him. I didn't change leads on him. I didn't turn him around. I just loped him until he would relax and take a deep breath and just cruise around and, and brush his tail out and go show. And, and for him, um, that really, really worked well because we prepared at home. We've done all of our preparation at home. We were ready to go show when we left. And so, um, I didn't need to test it before I showed I, I already had it. Um, and so I felt like, um, by when I showed him earlier in his career, I felt like I would, I would feel the need because I didn't maybe know him as well. I didn't go through the whole process of training him and didn't know him as well. I just, I got him later in his career. Um, I didn't know, uh, I, I kind of felt like I needed to test it a little bit before I showed, you know, just to make sure things felt right. Well then, then after doing that, when I stepped in the pen, then 
it would make him anticipate what we what we had going on and trying to go you know a little harder a little faster than we needed to be going and so um as i got to know him better and just learned to trust him and learn that you know what i can trust you i know you're gonna fire when i ask you to fire and i know you're gonna stay relaxed when i ask you to stay relaxed and now we can just go we can just go show um and that that really you know really um that horse staying relaxed and and not feeling like he has to do anything quick um is is uh you know is a big help for him um you know mitch was a is a totally different totally different style of horse because he's so laid back and so lazy and and uh and casual about things you know i mean most of the time Teresa would trot him for me um in uh just warm his muscles up a little bit and I could move him across there and stop him and turn him around once or twice and make sure that he knows that we're serious and he was he was ready to go. Um and so uh that horse I needed to I needed to um pick his energy a level up a little bit and let him know like, hey, we, we need to step in here and we're gonna we're gonna go fast and we're gonna we're gonna get it on. And uh and then you would have the right amount of balance of when you stepped in there and you could let him carry himself. But if you needed to push him, you had that, that acceleration there. And knowing that, does that just come with time and learning your horse? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've known that horse, you know, obviously, you know, I started Mitch and kind of went through the whole, whole process, you know, you, that horse always would step up and do whatever he needed to do. But he never was not going to be a horse that that got hot or got um, you know got a lot. He doesn't have a lot of adrenaline going. So you know, I mean, you feel like you can you can go show every time. You know, I mean, you can't. I've tried taking him into schooling shows and AQHA shows and doing all that, and you know, to you know, see if he's going to get you know, anticipate something in the pin and he just doesn't, I mean, he stays the same way all the time, which is, which is rare. I mean, that's not, I don't, I don't take credit for that. I mean, that's just him. I mean, he just, he's very pure minded that way. And if you want to show it, you know, 20 miles an hour, you can, if you want to show it 50 miles an hour, you can, you know? Um, so I would say that he's not the, he's not the norm when it comes to, you know, horses, you know, needing, um, whether they need schooling or, you know, or need to decompress in the pen or whatever it is that they might need. Um, that horse feels like you could show him every weekend if you wanted to. Hmm. He sounds really special. Yeah. <laughs> I is. think we all want one like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Been very fortunate. Very cool. Um, what about any other horses, maybe one early in your career that you feel like left a mark? Um, I, very smart smoke, uh, for me is definitely one that, uh, definitely one that stood out, uh, for sure. Um, my mom raised him, um, and, uh, you know, that year, um, I had not, I had made the limited finals and I had made the intermediate finals, but I'd never made the open finals. I'd come close a couple times, but, um, never quite broke into the, you know, into the open finals, whether I had made showing errors or, you know, just had some nice horses, but didn't have that, that next level up horse that it takes usually to make the open finals. Um, 
and uh and and I feel like that horse uh for me was definitely uh you know helped me help me break into that um into the realm of being in the open open finals which is you know obviously what I'd worked so hard to to achieve um and uh that year maybe it was 2009 um I made the intermediate finals and made the open finals on him and uh, I believe he was second in the intermediate finals and then came back and showed in the open finals and was another one of those deals. I mean, he was, he was definitely a show horse. I mean, he, he would spook at the same trash can every single day that you walked by and was a complete goofball outside the pen. I mean, you know, I mean, he was, he was a character for sure. Um, but, when he stepped in the pen, I mean, he would, he would give you an honest go every single time. Um, and had, uh, he looked like a little skinny black Mustang, but I mean, he was, he was an incredible horse with a huge heart. Um, and came back and, uh, showed him in the open finals at the end of the week and ended up fourth on him there. And, and I really felt like that, um, really kind of kicked off for me proving to myself and you know everybody else that you know what I mean that you you can make the open finals and you can go because I'd been and I'd been close and you know but just not quite breaking into that next next level you know um that horse went on and uh I think he's third at the stakes he's made the finals uh at at all the majors um uh all the way through his career and I think he won 140,000 or something like that. You know, I mean, he was just one of those horses that was a really consistent performer and really tried hard. And, uh, you know, he, he definitely, um, he definitely taught me how to think about my horse training as well, you know, cause that horse was quirky and weird. And, you know, he was, he, he had a lot of, he had a lot of, uh, weird things that he used to like to do. But I mean, I think that that horse really taught me to accept him for who he is because he gave you, you could trust him and he was going to give you an honest role every time you went. And so I felt like that horse kind of really helped me, you know, with more confidence in the show pen and knowing that, you know, that I could go and show him and, you know what I mean? And take that next step and, and, uh, and hopefully get up into that, you know, next realm thank you for listening to another episode of finding the fuel don't forget to connect with us on facebook to join the conversation subscribe in your favorite podcast app to catch the next episode and if you've enjoyed this one please share with a friend it's very much appreciated until next time